Frequency Cast. Startup in progress. Hi, and welcome to Show 23 of Frequency Cast, the UK's digital TV and technology podcast. My name's Carl, and with me, as ever, is our resident technologist, Pete. Hi there, standing by. Frequency Cast offers you a tantalizing take on technology and is driven by feedback from our listeners via frequencycast.co.uk. In this show, here's what we'll be taking a look at. A look back in time. What did the tech world look like 20 years ago? A summary of HD offerings available in the UK. Red, grey and twitchy noses. Let us fill in the blanks. The departure of some DAB stations, plus your questions on wireless headphones, PDA podcasts, Skype and Freesat. First, here's Pete with a news update. Frequency cast. Now loading. News. News time, and first off, an update on the high-definition DVD format wars. At January's Consumer Electronics Show, Warner Brothers announced it's dropping HD DVD, joining Disney, Fox and Sony in the Blu-ray camp. That just leaves Paramount and DreamWorks sticking with HD DVD. Could Blu-ray be the winner in the HD format wars? Next, digital telly. In January, Dixon's Group announced they're pulling the plug on the sale of analogue TVs as we're getting closer to the switchover. It should take about six months to shift the existing analogue stock, then it's digital all the way for Dixon's and Curry's. Next, BT Vision's TV and Movie on Demand service is coming to Xbox 360. At the start of January, Bill Gates announced that from the middle of 2008, new and existing Xbox 360 users will be able to watch TV on demand over BT broadband. It's expected that BT will be selling the Xbox consoles preloaded with BT Vision. No pricing has yet been announced. Staying with BT Vision, there's more content coming to their on-demand service, now that BT signed a deal with Disney ABC Television. We can expect to see episodes of Lost, Desperate Housewives, Scrubs and more. And also, if you didn't know, BT Vision boxes can now access a selection of recent BBC shows on demand for free. Catch-Up TV has been available from Channel 4 for a while, but the Beeb's free offering is very nice. If you don't know, BT Vision set-top boxes are available free to BT broadband customers. Next, some DAB departures. Digital speech-based radio station OneWord left the air on the 12th of January 2008. Also departing in January, music station Core. Replacing them at the moment, pre-recorded Birdsong and a trial of the Forces station BFBS. That does leave two national DAB slots up for grabs. Perhaps frequency cast should apply. Next, Top Up TV. They've just released a new Anytime box. This holds 250 gigs worth of data, versus the original 160 gig unit. Holding 180 hours of Freeview, plus a small selection of extra content downloaded overnight, this new box is available for an extra £30, priced £129. Next up, ITV. From the 6th of February 2008, ITV4 will be going 24 hours. Freeview viewers should note that a box rescan may be required in February in order to keep ITV Kids Channel CITV. Staying with Freeview, if you live close to Birmingham, listen up. Some Freeview viewers with an old on-digital or ITV digital box may lose their Freeview service from March 2008. This is due to upgrades to the Sutton Coldfield transmitter. Affected boxes include Daewoo, Labgear and Bush. See our show notes for the list. A quick iPhone update. Users of the new Apple iPhone can now get a free software update. Version 1.1.3 is now available, offering a customizable home screen, you are here in Google Maps, plus, at last, the ability to send one text message to multiple recipients. 
Well Done Apple. And finally, from the 25th of February, the Irish Isle of Innismore becomes home to the second annual TED Fest, a week of Father Ted celebrations, including the world's biggest cup of tea and the craggy World Cup. The bad news, though, tickets for TED Fest sold out within half an hour of going on sale. As Father Jack would say, Thanks, Pete. Uh, for more information on these news stories, take a look at today's show notes at www.frequencycast.co.uk. Frequencycast, now loading. Focus. So it's another flamboyant, frivolous focus. What's up next, Pete? Once again, the listeners have voted via our website, and we've got some interesting results. And I must admit, I'm a little suspicious. Oh yeah, why? What are they? Well, take a look at this on my shiny iPhone. Number- Good grief! Sixty-eight point eighteen percent. Has someone voted? I think there's been a little bit of a conspiracy here. Way, way, way ahead of the pack here is classic technology. Hmm. So what's that involved? Well, also, I want to mention the second, the runner-up here. We had things like Virgin Media and SatNav and all sorts of other things on the possible list to go through. Um, None of that got any votes. What did get votes as number two was... Squirrels. 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 So we'll, we'll talk about squirrels a little later, but let us focus on what has clearly been voted by 68% of our listeners as what we should talk about, classic technology. Now, what I want to do for this, I've been trying to work out a good way of us covering classic technology. And I think the way we do this is we go wandering back in time 20 years and see what the technology world looked like. So, imagine... I've got the car keys for the DeLorean. Let's do it. There we go. 88 miles an hour. (laughs) And funnily enough... When this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're going to see some serious... (laughs) And funnily enough, let us wander back 20 years to 1988. First off, let's um, find out what our podcast sounded like back then. Hello, and welcome to FrequencyCast, a tantalising take on technology. I'm Mr. Carl, and here in the studio with me today is our resident technologist, Mr. Pete. Mr. Pete, good afternoon, listeners. So, Mr. Carl, what shall we discuss in today's programme? I think we should establish the wonders of tomorrow. All the latest technology coming to us people of today's modern world. Goodness gracious me, I am looking forward to listening to today's show. Jolly hockey sticks. So am I. Frightfully good. Let us proceed. Before we start, though, Mr. Carl, let us discuss how people can tune in to our radio show. Yes, let's. Tip-top. Good form. Splendid. The show is available on Gramophone Record... And if you would like a copy of today's podcast, here is what you do. Shocking! Send us a self-stamped envelope. Addressed to your name, your town, your street, Yorkshire. Smashing! Tally-ho! And in addition, don't forget that the show will be available for download as soon as the internet is invented. Good lord, good grief, good heavens, good no. What a palaver. Didn't we sound good back then? Well, I did. I don't know about you. (laughs) Right, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about what the world was like in 1988 and compare today's technology with yesterday's. So 1988, in the charts, top three were these tracks. Read those out for us, Carl. I think we're alone now, which is quite a good thing because we can get on with the show. (laughs) That's what Tiffany thought. Anyway, tell it to my heart, Taylor Dane. And I should be so lucky, 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 lucky. By Kylie Minogue. <laughs> Kylie Minogue. Minogue. 
And what about films? <clears throat> top top five films? Uh, it's Rain Man. Yep. No, I'm doing the weather now. Rain Man. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Uh, coming to America. And of course, the first... Die Hard. Movie. There you go. So that's what the world was like in 1988. Now, we've picked five categories of technology here. Carl's unaware of these yet. This is the, the production office discussed this during the week. So five areas of technology. Carl, what would you like us to talk about first? Well, I'm always the last to know anything around here. Um... <laughs> So, so think of the technology you'd be interested in finding out what the world was like 20 years ago. Computers. Computers. That's perfect. <laughs> Back then, your average computer had 640k of RAM. Mine hasn't got that much now. A 20 meg hard disk. In 1988, we'd just seen the first 386 processor. The operating system of choice back then was... Uh, Speak and Spell? MS-DOS. And we were at version 3.3. Oh, hold on a minute. Were we in the Windows world then? Or was it still the Dark Ages? Or were we living in caves or something? I don't know. Uh, funny you are. Now, right, look at this little picture here. See that? Yeah. <laughs> it's a cave drawing. What I'm actually showing Carl here is a screenshot of what Windows looked like back in 1988. Shouldn't this be on a tapestry or something hanging up in a museum? Now, this is actually Windows 2. Windows 3, the one we vaguely would recognise now, wasn't out for another year or so. No, I've got it. It was done on an Etch-A-Sketch, wasn't it? (laughs) So we hadn't even seen Windows 3.0, which is vaguely reminiscent of what we've got today. Um, Of course, we're in the old floppy disk days. Oh, this is when computers moved on and they weren't chiselling data into rock. Interesting statistics here on floppy disks. Yeah, how much memory? I bet my Casio calculator had more memory on it. Okay, we had the old cardboard ones, the old five and a quarter inch ones. You mean not even plastic? <laughs> no, we actually did have the plastic one. Um, we had the early three and a um, half inch um, plastic um, floppy disks. Um. Right, are you supposed to be doing an impression of an 80s disk drive unit? Um, and last year, 1987, we got the high density ones, which hold 1.44 meg. Brilliant! Marvellous. Now, I'm now showing Carl something shiny. What's that? It's a DVD. It is a DVD. Now, how much data does that hold? 80 minutes. Yeah, in... in. Can you measure that in kilobytes? Kilobits? Kilobytes? Megabits? Megabytes? This DVD, if you put data on it, will hold 12,000 floppy disks. 12,000 is a good number. There you go. What I also worked out is our podcast would fit on 17 floppy disks. So, if you want to listen to our podcast back in 1988... Carry 17 floppy disks with you and you can hear us. Bit like a memory stick, really. <laughs> so uh, we got CDs by then. Uh, 1985 CDs were out. So we were beginning to phase out vinyl. I think we're alone now on the CD. Buy it. <laughs> so there you go. That was what computing was like back then. Great. What next then? Okay. Something else. A piece of modern technology we've got today. Telephone. Telephone. Telephone or mobile phone? Uh, Well, mobile phone, I suppose. Thank you very much. So... When did mobile phones first appear? 83? 85. We had um, Cellnet and Vodafone started in 1985. This is with the first like commercial service. They had the over-shoulder phones in 85, 86. Is that the one with the car battery? That's the one. About uh-huh. 20 kilogram weights. Horrible, horrible things. Mm-hmm. Didn't the digital dinosaur have one of those? He did have one of those. Yeah, one of the in-car systems that even preceded this. But 88, we're beginning to see the very first portable mobile phone. Yeah, but you see that sort of weight to a T-Rex is nothing, is it? <laughs> Good point, good point. <laughs> so we had the tax system back then, instead of GSM that we have now. GSM didn't really come along until five or six years later. And if you wanted a mobile phone, I found some good prices here. Back then, uh, if you wanted a mobile phone, you had to pay £164 a quarter to rent the phone. <laughs> 60 quid to get it connected, and calls for 25p a minute. Good Lord, what's wrong with a piece of string in two cups? So we were five or six years away from uh, text messages and GSM. 
Now, of course, rental's about 20 quid a month. Uh, 18p to do a call. We've now got SMS and picture messaging, but back then it was very, very early days. Okay, what should we move on to now then? And will you tell me any other areas we should consider? Areas? Are we doing anatomy yet? Uh. No. What about the internet? Should I tell you something about the internet back then? That didn't exist, did it? Well, it sort of did. Back in the late 80s, we had CompuServe and Kicks. Ever heard of any of that? Uh, I heard of CompuServe, but not Kicks. Yeah, Kicks was actually one of the very, very first things. What what we used to have back in the mid eighties was. Oh, bo- let me just say though, Kicks is spelled C I X. Yes, C I X. Well, I've heard of that. Yeah, right. No, I haven't at all. Really, CompuLink Information Exchange that was called, and what we had back then. Rather, I do understand what the message on your back says now. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Kicks me. <laughs> so back in the 80s, we didn't have the web. We didn't have World Wide Web for a few years yet. And we didn't really have email. What we had was bulletin boards. And Kicks were one of the first of these big bulletin boards. CompuServe was one of the American ones. We also had Prestel, which is something the post office had. Even AOL for DOS was still three years away. That didn't come in until 1991. Yahoo! So Kicks was around. That had thousands of conferences. Yahoo. Yahoo was even further behind. Oh, you picked up on it now. <laughs> yes, oh, that's good. Yes, yes. Uh, so in 1988, Kicks provided the first commercial email service and access to Usenet, which is pretty much a dead duck these days. And according to Wikipedia, which is obviously true, everything on Wikipedia is absolutely right. Yes, I've got a QI of 140, according to Wikipedia. So according to Wikipedia, Kix had 16,000... Don't you mean IQ? Do you what for? <laughs> well, people were queuing for Kix, and back in 1994, 16,000 people were online. And we were actually five years away from the first proper web browser, which was Mosaic, which came out in the early 90s. Excellent. So what are you going to stimulate me with uh, after that? Anything else you're curious to find out about? Oh, I don't know. um, (laughs) Satnav. Yeah, you're about 10 years too early for Satnav, I'm afraid. It's still Ordnance Survey Maps. Um, The GPS system didn't actually even come into being until 1993, and it wasn't open to the public until about 10 years later, 1996, 1997, something like that. I was hoping that they were going to call it Thomas Thomas or something, you know, because it's so old and antiquated. (laughs) Thomas? Thomas Thomas! Yee-haw! We've made a map for you! <laughs> Tom Sawyer Satnav. <laughs> okay, what about the last thing we're going to talk about? Uh, close. TV. Let's see what the world of TV was like in 1988, shall we? How many channels did we have back then? Four. Four, spot on. I found a wonderful site called the TVRoomPlus.com. Full credit to you guys. They have some old TV schedules. So I looked back to 1998 to find out what was on telly back then. Let me just share this with Carl here. So on BBC One, we had... Wogan, The Kenny Everett Show, Hello Hello, Noel Edmonds and Russ Abbott, Kids TV and Bananarama, Jack and Ori, Newsround and of course, The Inevitable Blue Peter. On Beeb 2, we had uh, Def 2, Top Crown and Horizon. Channel 4 was showing us The Chart Show, Countdown, uh, Brookside and Dispatches. Thames TV for London, we had Tintin, Real Ghostbusters and Nightmare for the kids. And in the evening, we had The Krypton Factor, Never the Twain and World in Action. And at weekends, LWT was showing us Bullseye. We were all down at Fraggle Rock. Rock. Woo-hoo. No, you can't sing it. And there was Hail and Pace in the evening. Good times, eh? We are the podcasters. What are you going to do? Ron. Ron. Dadu. Ron. Ron. Of course, now we've got all these wonderful digital TV and in- interactive and press the red button. But back then, you what did we have? What was the old technology we had back then? CFAX. <laughs> hey, look at this. Nice screenshot. That is CFAX. Look at those graphics. I can count the squares on that. <laughs> so here's a screenshot of the old BBC CFAX, page 100, entertainment, films, finance, 
Do you remember what the ITV one was called? Uh, Channel Four had theirs. Foretell. Oracle. Oracle. Let ask the Oracle. Was their the, little catchphrase? The all knowing. There you go. And that apparently stood for optional reception of announcements by coded line electronics. You really are a geek, aren't you? <laughs> Here, let me put my new toy on. I geek. really am very good geek. with. Geek. You know what this is, don't you? It's a geek finder. Geek, 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 geek. I really geek. am very good with Wikipedia. <laughs> The sad news is that CFAX is actually going to be phased out with the old analogue TV stuff. So in 2012, no more CFAX. Do you see that face? Bothered? (laughs) No, that's a sad face, actually. Oh, you liked CFAX, didn't you? Not really, but... When when BBC Two used to shut down and they used to show pages of CFAX, you used to sit there trying to read it all and you got about three lines down before it refreshed and showed you the next page. (laughs) Yeah, I know so many jokes without punchlines. It's infuriating. What I had forgotten, though, back in the early 80s, CFAX was actually doing the first online gaming stuff. Real pioneering. Forget Xbox Live, forget the Wii and PlayStation. What they were doing was over CFAX, they were sending little short programs and your BBCB computer could be connected to your telly and download games. You've had such a sheltered life. (laughs) (laughs) Woohoo. You did that, didn't you? I can tell. You you still got them, haven't you? I'm pleased. Did you put them on compact cassette tape, did you? I'm pleased to say that was before my time. Almost. <laughs> Nothing's before your time. You hey, might... I'm not a digital dinosaur. <laughs> no, you make the dinosaur look like the youth of tomorrow. Oh, yeah. And uh, while we're talking about TV from 20 years ago, worth quickly mentioning where satellite TV was back then. In 1988, BSB won a licence to broadcast satellite TV in the UK. They're broadcasting just three channels. And you might remember they had a slightly odd aerial, which was called a square reel. Square satellite dishes, yeah? Um, Sky actually pipped them to the post, launching in 1989. Sky, when they launched, had just four channels. Sky Channel, Eurosport, Sky Movies and Sky News. Now, Sky's got nearly 500 English TV channels that you can get on a Sky TV set-top box. That's not counting all the foreign language TV stations or the radio stations. Is it bedtime now? So there you go. That is our little look back in time. Days gone by in 1988. Good night from the BBC. And don't forget to switch off your radios. Goodbye. Right, that was classic technology. Now, squirrels. Brian, squirrels. Brian, squirrels. (laughs) Brian. That's my name. Don't wear it out. Brian, squirrels, now. I just happen to know quite a bit about that subject. Go on then, Brian. Tell the listeners about squirrels. Any of about 260 species and 50 genera of mostly neural rodents found almost worldwide. Many species are arboreal. Some are terrestrial. All species have strong hind legs and a hairy tail. They vary widely in color and form and range in total length from the 4-inch African pygmy squirrel to the giant squirrels of Asia, about 35 inches long. Tree dwellers live in a tree hollow or nest, and most are active year-round. Ground dwellers live in burrows, and many become dormant in winter or estivate in summer. Most species are primarily vegetarian and are fond of seeds and nuts. Some eat insects or supplement their diet with animal protein. Right, so the last thing we're going to focus in on on today's show is high-definition television, or HDTV as it's known to me. So, Pete, just remind us, what do we need to get high-definition television? Well, you need an HDTV and an HD set-top box, and they are available from... Virgin and... Megastore. (laughs) Sky. Well remembered. So, you do need to get a high-definition TV available in the high street, and you also need to get a high-definition set-top box either from Virgin or Sky. 
Virgin's V Plus boxes are actually free. Costly, then. Yep, absolutely. And that's compared with Sky's, which is 249 quid. So a little bit of a difference there. Well, it's a steal. A real giveaway. Additionally, you have to pay a monthly subscription. Virgin's is £15 and Sky's only £10 a month. Now, the complication here is Virgin is actually running less channels. So they're charging more a month for less channels. Uh, you can see the price difference coming in now. That's a little bit naughty. But, of course, Sky's box is quite expensive, so it's all a trade-off. Yep, you pay in a different way. Indeed. That rhymed. Thank you. So what HD channels are actually available at the moment? Or should I say, so what is the availability of the channels of HD? So let's take a look at Sky first, and we're going to ask our producer to play in a recording of a list of the Sky HD channels that I made earlier. The high-definition channels you get on Sky are BBC HD, Channel 4 HD, Sky 1 HD, Sky Arts HD, Lux TV, Sky Movies HD 1 and 2, Sky Sports HD 1 and 2, Discovery HD, National Geographic, History HD, and two Sky box office high-definition channels. Now, here's a recording of our Virgin Media correspondent, Vinnie the Bearded Buffalo, telling us what Virgin Media Cable has to offer HD-wise. We join him now as he says, well. Well, on a Virgin Media V Plus box, you get the BBC One HD preview channel. You also get Sky Movies HD 1 and 2, but these require additional subscription costs. You also get some on-demand content, such as Movies On Demand, but these will cost you £4 each. You also get TV Choice, which includes complete series such as Lost and Criminal Minds, and More On Demand, which includes series such as Blue Planet and Planet Earth. Great stuff. Thanks, Vinny. Have a pork scratching. Frequency cast. Now loading. Interaction. Okay, now it's the part of the show which I enjoy quite a lot. In fact, it's interaction. So, uh, what have we got for interaction, Pete? Well, let's take a look at our emails. Actually, actually, before we start, you were complaining we weren't getting many people contact us, and I think I know why. Oh, yeah, here we go. What daft idea have you got now? Carrier pigeons? <laughs> no, that was instead of texts. <laughs> right, and there was nothing wrong with that idea. It worked in the war. Oh, go on then, go on then. Right, I think the reason people aren't getting in touch with this as soon as we'd like them to is because they're on trains. Actually, you know what? <laughs> you might have something there. Sorry? <laughs> you actually might have something there. Um, a lot of people, presumably, are listening to us on their iPods on a train. So, of course, when we give out our email addresses, that's going to be a little difficult for people. Yep. So, I've had an idea. I spoke to the producer and I said, can you do us a favour? Can you set me up a text line only? Because I want to prove to Pete that you guys can contact us and will contact us. So I'd like you to get your mobile phones out now and start typing us a text telling us your name, where you're listening to us, i.e. on a bus, a train or walking or whatever, and what you think of this show. Great. So I shall be giving you that number in exactly two minutes, two seconds from now. Meanwhile, whilst you write us our text, let's have a look at a few emails. James McAlpin has been in touch. He says, I cycle a lot, but every time I fall off, I snap the earphone cord on my MP3 player. Can you suggest a cheap but effective wireless solution? A wireless solution? What, to stop you falling off? Well, have you considered stabilisers? It sounds like you're looking for a wireless headphone solution. There are some over-ear headphones, but they tend to be huge. We quite like the look of the Sony BT20NX in-ear headphones. We found them for £20 off at just under £50. They're Bluetooth, and the Bluetooth receiver is on a neck strap. If your MP3 player doesn't have Bluetooth, you'll need to plug in a Bluetooth adapter, which could add another £30 to your price. 
If you've got an iPod and can cope with over-ear headphones, there's an all-in-one wireless solution from Zoom from around £40. See our show notes for the links. One other thought occurs. Get a set of sunglasses with an MP3 player built in, such as Carl's favourites, the Oaky Thumps. And a cool pair of shades they are too. Well, when I'm wearing them. And now a hi to James Hart. A couple of episodes ago, you covered the new Skype mobile phone, which can make free phone calls. However, is there a however, however, as Skype calls are being made over the 3G data network? Is the catch that he'll be charged for the data? Are Skype calls really free? Hi James, nice website by the way, although we can't help noticing you've not mentioned us yet in your blog. I'm sure you'll be fixing that soon for us. We actually covered the Skype phone back in show 21. Calls over Skype on this phone are not chargeable as data. They are actually free. Of course, nothing's completely free. If you go pay as you go, you do need to top up this phone with £10 of credit each month to keep the Skype account active. This top up is nothing to do with Skype, it's for your calls and text over three, but it is how three make their money for offering this free Skype call service. Okay guys, it's the time to send that all important text that shows Pete who's right. Uh, You want to make sure I look good here, so uh, send that text and the text number is... Zero, seven, eight, eight, two, zero, four, three, five, two, one. Thank you very much. That number once again, it's oh seven double eight two oh four three five two one. Send it now, now, now. Not that I'm desperate. Now, Alan Moles looking for a subscription free satellite TV option, as he doesn't have a decent free view signal. What's best? Free sat? Sky Pay Once, or the new BBC slash ITV service. Yes, you've correctly identified the three available satellite services out there. Personally, I'd be tempted to hold off until we have some more details about the BBC and ITV FreeSat service, which is due to launch in the spring. We understand they'll be bringing out a hard disk recorder, which could be great if you want to record one channel while watching another. As soon as we have more on this service, we'll be reporting it here on FrequencyCast. Now, a podline call. My name is Robin, and I'm from Gillingham in Kent. You mentioned in the show this time round about an RF modulator. But how about going the other way? If I want to take the RF feed out of the back of my Sky Plus box, take it round to where my little home cinema is in another part of the house, and then demodulate that uh, to achieve S-video and audio line outputs, and also, just to say that the uh, Chameleon Alpha One remote control that you spoke about with a little blue backlight uh, currently is just £20 of richer sound, so you might want to pass that on to your listeners. Hi Robin, first off, thanks for the Chameleon tip, good stuff. For the answer to your question about demodulating, we turn to Martin from website SatCure for some advice. SatCure's website is great for satellite advice and for buying accessories for your satellite setup. We asked Martin for his thoughts, and he came back to us telling us that the idea of modulating and then demodulating using coax cable is going to result in a really, really bad signal, and also it's going to be mono. Apart from using a video recorder to decode the signal, there doesn't seem to be a product out there that will do exactly what you want. Martin's recommended that instead of using RF coax cable, you look at using Cat5 cable, using something like the Milestone Cat5 distribution system. This will give you better quality than RF output, and of course it will also give you stereo. Mike Williams has been in touch. As a frequency cast listener, he's after a way of downloading podcasts automatically to his Windows Mobile Vario 2. We'd recommend an app called Egress. We've got a page on getting podcasts on your mobiles, including those powered by Symbian, Palm and Windows Mobile. See today's show notes for links and screenshot. 
we had a call in from Frankis. He bought himself a new TV, and when he first scanned, he picked up all the Freeview channels. I unplugged the telly to move it and put it onto a, a stand, and it searched again and only came up with four channels. Well, to us, it sounds like this is a reception issue. The TV's not getting enough reception to pull in those channels. First off, try resetting the TV to its factory defaults and scanning again. Make sure all of your cables are correctly plugged in and that there's no break in any of the aerial cables, such as any adapters you're using. Also, use the TV's on-screen signal guide to confirm whether or not you're getting a decent signal. Thanks, Pete. Next up, Stuart Carrington mailed us about the digital switch. He has a friend in Whitehaven, the first part of the UK to go digital, and wants to know which town is next on the list. It looks like town serviced by the Selkirk transmitter in the border region will be the next to go digital in November 2008. That part of the UK includes Carlisle and Dumfries. And on the subject of the digital switch, uh, we've been very busy, haven't we? We have indeed. We've been running a poll on our website asking how ready are you for the digital switch. Thanks for everyone who's voted so far. Keep them coming in. But the results so far, Pete? Well, worryingly, just under 40% of the people who've responded aren't fully ready for the digital switch, with a staggering 9% ticking the what's the switch over box. Bit worrying, we thought. Shocking. So we've created a special audio guide to the digital switch. It's about 20 minutes long, answering common questions. Ideal to pass on to someone you know that's not made the switch. So if you want to find out more about the digital switch or pass on an audio file for someone else that needs to know about that switch, you can download it from our site, www.frequencycast.co.uk slash digital switch. Oh, some other hot FrequencyCast news. FrequencyCast will now be appearing on FM and DAB up in... Ayrshire. Bless you. Thank you. Yes, our good friends up at UCA Radio in Ayrshire will now be broadcasting FrequencyCast on the first Thursday of each month on 97.7 and DAB. Peter Sturgeon. UCA Radio. Hi, I'm Peter Sturgeon from UCA Radio in South West Scotland. You can now listen to FrequencyCast on FM and DAB Radio to Ayrshire. Tune in Thursday evenings from 7 and join Carl and Pete for the tantalising take on technology on UC Radio Extra from 9. 87.7 FM DAB online. Playing a better variety of music with Peter Sturgeon. So we'd just like to say a hi to all our new listeners up in Ayrshire. Well, that's it for interaction and for this frequency cast. Please get in touch with your comments on today's show or if you have any questions you'd like us to answer in the next show. You can email us at podcast at frequencycast.co.uk. Leave us a voicemail on our podline 0208 133 4567 or Skype us. The ID is FrequencyCast. As I mentioned earlier, I'd also like you to text us. So if you haven't texted us a message already, here's our SMS text number. The number is 07882 043 521. Please drop us a text and let us know you are listening and what you thought of the show. Tell us your name, where you're listening to us, and what you think of today's show. Remember to check out the show notes for this show, Show 23, for more info on what we've covered today. You can also sign up to get our newsletter for regular updates by email. Our web address is www.www.frequencycast.co.uk Who's that? Oh, new girl. So that's it for our 20 years taken, no twitchy nose breaking with the parting of a station for the DAB Nation. Until the next show, bye for now. Peter Sturgeon.
for this show keep the feedback coming and make sure you visit our website for details of what we discussed in today's tantalizing take on technology point your browser at www.frequencycast.co.uk frequency cast shut down completely